Leah's a strong businesswoman. Yep. Janet's a strong businesswoman. I'm a strong businesswoman. Who says that we cannot be nurturing creatures in our respective fields and careers? That's what being a woman is. Being a woman means that you can carry the weight and the burden of what has been placed on you and do so with a smile on your face and with heels on your feet. Because 
there's no other women on billboards. You know what I mean? Right. So, or there's no other women on you know commercials that yeah. are advertising personal injuries. So. so you might inspire the next Leah Wives to you know the same thing with you. Hopefully. Right. You might I hope so. Them. That's the goal. So then, um, what I want to touch base on is because I think there's this notion, and everyone here is in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there's this notion that you can't be a strong woman without having a man as well. It's almost like, oh, if I'm strong, then I'm a feminist and we all just hate men. Or I don't need a man. Or I don't need a man, right? And you guys are all in relationships, right? Happy? Happy. <laughs> I think He's like, Brett, you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> I hope you're in Um. I'll say, I mean, to be to be really honest, it's definitely had its moments, for sure. Um, when I first met my husband, I was 19, so I was still in that like figuring out my life phase. Um, I wasn't going to school. I was working at a medical clinic, making eight dollars and fourteen cents an hour, and thinking I was big balling, right? Because I wasn't <laughs> making minimum wage. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, we're going you, to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to order on the dollar menuware, guys. Like, <laughs> you can splurge. <laughs> but it was, you know, you, you kind of get into that routine. And when I finished my degree back in 2017, I got my bachelor's degree in communications. And all of a sudden, these possibilities, these doors opened up with that. Um, we definitely had to do a lot of reevaluation of what. The dynamic of our marriage looked like because by that point we, were, we had already been married for four years. I think that you know it was hard at first to kind of look at the position of or that role of no longer the traditional like subservient sort of wife, right? And I've always been a very strong-willed, stubborn woman. Um, <laughs> my heritages are very strong, stubborn, uh, <laughs> and hard-headed, and so my dad used to joke when we were little that you know whoever ends up is in for is in for a surprise but does jealousy ever play a role not jealous in the sense where they're jealous of your success just like hey i want like because being on social media um jealous of their time training, you mean? Yeah, yeah time of time does that ever play a factor it is but it's, but it's time management i think it just boils down to the, again the communication or the hands of the person too yeah i mean personally i i am very strong very strong-minded, I have a very strong character, and I'm very, like, goal-oriented, mm -hmm. and I have to make an actual written list before the date starts. But no, I mean, we're different, you know? He, he, he actually, like I was telling you, it depends on the needs of the person. He's actually a person that does require for me to have time management and spend time with him, and for there to be that uh, relationship time aside from work. Yeah. But in my case, I divide my time between two businesses, four kids, and a husband. So it can be hard. It can be hard juggling all of that. Um, and the fact that I'm so strong-willed and, and just goal-oriented also, because I'll say, well, you know, we need to do A, B, C, and D, while he's like, well, let's just try B and C, you know? So. I've learned to back off and just say, okay, we'll do that. And then I always tell him, anyways, if it fails, it's your, your fault. fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so it's a compromise, I think. So and we're going to throw you in here. What okay. about you? Because you're everywhere. So. I think that it really depends.
depends on the partner. Like that's the bottom yeah. line. Are you with yeah. a confident, secure man who is okay with being a, with a confident and secure, established woman? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I've been in relationships where it was an issue. Thankfully, in my current relationship, it's not. All the pictures you see on Instagram, he takes them for me, so he doesn't mind at all. Um, you know that I've you know put myself out there and that I posted my swimsuit. Like he's taking those pictures. Um, I think it really just depends on the partner. Yeah. Yeah. He himself, he's also a lawyer. He's you know a little older. He's thirty-seven. He has his own law firm, so you know he has a ton of stuff to worry about. He doesn't worry about what I'm doing or who I'm messaging. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. So let me dive deep. I love me. So he he yes, slid into my DMs. <laughs> yes. He slid into my DMs a few years ago. Yeah. Like, this that's is actually a, a few years ago, and it was you know just a networking uh, brunch that we had, um, and he asked me out on a date, and I didn't respond. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> how um, the best ones start. Yeah, but we stayed friends. He was super cool. Like he knew that I, I was not ready to be in a relationship with him. We stayed friends, and then about almost a year ago, we reconnected, and we've been together ever since. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. The friends, the friends is how you do it. it yeah. So we yeah. already knew each other really well by the time yeah. we started dating. Yeah. So, um, quick question: How are your arguments like? Like, do y'all like? I object. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to have a kid, and um, 
all of my girlfriends around me, all of my coworkers, everybody. I mean, I had a, I had a coworker who got off the pill and within two weeks was pregnant. Ooh. So I thought like, this is really easy. Like, all right, let's do this. By December, we'll have a baby. And then it was like March and it was April. And so obviously like the first few months, you're not like super gung-ho, right? Like yeah. You're still trying to figure out that like navigation of what that mental like scope looks like. Um, but by like July, August, my birthday's in mid-August. By the time we got to August, we've been going for about eight months trying. And you're doing all the weird like you got temperature checks and tracking. It's such a weird, don't, it's weird. Temperature, what? Uh, I'm not explaining to you. Okay. COVID, COVID. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> and um, so you're just, I mean, you're doing all these things, right? And so you get to August, it's been eight months now. It's just strategic. It is. Yeah. It's, very, it's very calculated. Right. And nothing, right? So now you're like, your brain is starting to like do this Wander. Weird, yeah. Yeah. So you're Googling. You're Googling. Don't go on WebMD. Don't do any yeah. of that. Um, and so I'm like, man, like, am I broken? Like, is there something wrong with me? So I had my like annual then in February go in and tell my doctor, like, hey, we've been like trying for a whole year. Every time I get my period, I'm sitting there in like the restroom crying. It's oh. not like it's not pretty, right? Like I'm I'm not okay with what my life looks like every month. She's like, okay, you know, we can definitely start doing these tests. And I said, I already Googled it, I already know what they look like. Can we do the more like benign things, like the really super non-invasive holistic ones? Like let's let's start really basic and then work our way up. So that's what we did. So every six months I would go in for a checkup and we would do like, okay, the next test is gonna be this, and the next test is gonna be this. So blood work, and then go see a geneticist, and then go see. So I was getting all these things done and everything was coming back like a-okay, right? So now you're going like, well, I don't understand it. Then my husband goes in and gets checked. Perfect. Okay, cool. So now what is it? And you're going through all of these things and everything's coming back. Okay, so you're just feeling like a little bit more broken every month. And your heart breaks every month. And you feel like you're the only one in the whole world feeling like this because everybody around me is having babies. Every, and it did. It felt like, you know when you really want a car and you see it driving around everywhere? That's what it felt like. It was like, you really wanted a baby and everybody around you was having a baby. We've hit this plateau where like now we have to do the really poking and, and prodding ones. And so we do. And it's October of 2018. I had already left the medical field. I'm in this new career of co-working. I'm managing the co-working space. And I'm on this high, right? Like I'm doing this great thing with my life. There's nothing that can bring me down. My husband's super supportive. Like we're we're rock stars right now and, and everything's going up. And you do this very, 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 very painful. I can't stress. It was so, so painful wow. procedure. And then you get the results and they tell you that the parts of you that are supposed to be where they're supposed to be aren't. And on paper, you now have an 18% chance of conceiving naturally. And statistically, that means you're infertile. And when I tell you that your whole world crumbles when you get news like that, I mean, it's, Leah and I talked about this a couple months ago. I don't really remember what compelled me and why. 
that I took a picture of me in full sobs, sitting on the edge of my jacuzzi tub. I cried off all of my makeup. I mean, I had full, I mean, full makeup when I had gone into that procedure, got the results, and had cried it all off. And I took this picture and I put it out there on the internet and said, I mean, this is the lowest point I'll ever be in my life, and I want this for posterity purposes. And I knew that it was out in like the interweb, and I knew it was public, and I knew people could see it. But in that moment, it was more just so I wanted to remember what that felt like. So when I saw that picture, because I'm a very like photographic and every kind of person, I can recall what I wore, what I was feeling, all these things when I look at a picture. I wanted to be able to look back on that and re recall that moment and know that I picked myself up and don't feel like that anymore. And I got, I mean, within seconds, in my DMs on Instagram, Facebook Messenger, comments, Renee, I had no idea. I'm going through that too. My whole world felt like this giant ray of sunshine all of a sudden. In my worst moment, I no longer felt alone and it was a weird switch. And I knew right then and there why God put that on me. Mm. Was because my voice is really loud, even though I'm still as little as I am, I have a loud voice, and God said, Renee, use this to make somebody else not feel so Because you're going to be strong enough. Because you're going to be strong enough to be somebody's support system. Yes. Right. And I have never shied away from that since then. So when I get a message or something, or I post something about the struggle, the journey, this, this path that I'm on, I don't sugarcoat it. It's not an easy topic, right? But because people have put so much taboo on it, I felt like I was by myself, and so do so many other yep. women. So and now I don't said, feel that. What do you have to say for someone going through that struggle right now? Being, being, and it sounds like such an ugly word to say, like being infertile. Yeah. Because one of the things you told me was, um, at some point, it made you even feel like a woman. Like the thing that makes you a woman. I lost that. Yeah. I lost that. Leah's a strong businesswoman. Yep. Janet's a strong businesswoman. I'm a strong businesswoman. Who says that we cannot be nurturing creatures in our respective fields and careers? That's what being a woman is. Being a woman means that you can carry the weight and the burden of what has been placed on you and do so with a smile on your face and with heels on your feet. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, speaking about babies, yours. So you've had two different sets and we're going to focus on the twins for right now. What was that like? And I'll let you touch base on the tragedy. What was the tragedy like? Of the twins? Yeah. Well, um, they were. It was a very difficult birth. Um, I was seven and a half months pregnant, and uh, twin twin B detached from his placenta and literally started pushing out in the middle of the house in the middle of the night. And you were at work because they had you working to really late that night. And uh, my older boys were asleep because it was a school night. So I'm like literally just bleeding out in my room. And I can't move because I'm barefoot. And the more I move, the more I'm like almost going to slip and fall while I'm pregnant with twins. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with my babies? Um, it's not time yet. It, all these emotions. But... We go back to my character. I'm very strong and goal-oriented. So my goal is like, okay, where's my cell phone? Where's my diaper bag that's ready? Let's get 911 on the phone because Matthew can't take me. So I just started in action, girl. Like, that's who I am. <laughs> survival mode. 
so I called Matthew. I called my ex-husband because I thought to myself, if I pass, my children are going to need a support system. So I called him and I said, look, this is happening and um, your children need you right now. So I need you to go to the hospital for them to be there for them. And he was, he's a, he's a great man. And he was, and he did show up and he was there with, uh, with his kids, with our kids. And then um, I called my sister in California and I said, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but um, I need you to talk to mom and dad. And she starts crying on the phone and I'm not gonna cry, but she's telling me like, no, I'm not calling mom and dad because nothing's gonna happen. And it was just, just crazy emotional chaos. There was literally blood everywhere. My oldest gets up and he starts to freak out because he thinks someone broke in and stabbed me. And I said, son, I'm okay. I've already called 911. They're on their way. Don't freak out. You and your brother are going to come with me in the ambulance and we're going to get through this. Well, ambulance doesn't show up for 45 minutes. They take me to the wrong hospital. That's another 30 minute drive back. I finally get to the right hospital. At this point, I'm white. I mean, there's just yeah. no more color in me. My eyes kept rolling back. And the doctor basically looks at Matthew and says, you know, this doesn't look good. It's too much blood loss. She literally just hemorrhaged home alone. So who do you want to save? Yeah. The kids or her? His immediate response was like, you need to save her. She can give me kids later. I'm like, no, these kids are alive. I'm sorry. I'm not signing that. Long story short, <laughs> it was so emotional. He was a crying mess. Everybody in the room was crying and I just said to the doctor, just do what you can and just let it be what it's going to be. It's in God's hands. And so they took them some time. They stopped the bleeding. They took me into the OR. They did an emergency surgery. Thankfully, our twins were born so healthy. There were six pounds each Ooh. to my surprise. Already? And seven months. Already. Already. Yeah. Wow. They were and ready. are usually like they, they take a little longer to cook. <laughs> yes, my oldest two did. I was like 40 weeks. Yeah, they did. How many pints of blood did you have in there? Um, I think like two. Yeah. I, I, I they don't told remember. They didn't I even know how wrong. she was moving at that point. And I remember, so long story short, I talked all this stuff before the baby was here. I was like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I've had nephews. This is nothing. It's a difference. So she was funny this whole time. She's on the brink of death, but she was funny. So when she told me there was a nurse, and it was like an older African lady. Um, she Big was booty, like, she was, yeah. <laughs> Big booty. It really, it really was huge. But, anyways, <laughs> but um, she, she's, she's about 50, 60 years old. And she tells me, your wife is going to be okay. And I picked this lady up, and I hugged her. Oh, and yeah, this that was one's about to die. Yeah. And she goes, hey, stop flirting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, and even when, when the babies were born, I, you know, again, she had it in her mind, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry, that's what I've been telling her. So when I first saw that little white baby, I just choked up and I cried, like, just overwhelmingly. And she goes, I can't tell if it's you or if it's them, shut up. <laughs> I was like, don't cry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it was it was 
traumatic to say it was the traumatic. least. Yeah. But thank God um, they were healthy. They were ready to go. But because mm -hmm. of my blood loss, I had to stay for 10 days. And they were giving me transfusions. And each transfusion is like 12 hours long. Oh so yeah, none, but nonetheless, it had to be a few days before they could release me home. Um, but you were daddy daycare before mama came home. I was daddy daycare, but well, they stayed there. They, because, yeah, they can't. Because our youngest twin, our youngest one, he didn't eat until he felt his mom. Like legit, he would not he, eat. Yeah, it was about a, yeah. a day already, and they they told me he's not because I would send my breast milk, right? Yeah. And they're like, he's not latching. Like we don't know what's wrong, so they put a feeding tube. And I said, the thing is, is he hasn't seen me. Like he needs she knew. his mom. But what's crazy and is so, they told her, don't move. You cannot leave. But once that meeting two came in, I just told him, go get me a wheelchair. We are doing skin to skin and I'm going to latch him on. And I did. And sure enough, he just started eating. Aww. And now he won't stop. And now he won't <laughs> stop. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Yeah. That's not a really good, like, that's a good, that's like a good, like, happy ending. Yeah. It's a great that's... ending, but it just goes to show that whether you're trying to conceive, whether you are conceiving or whether you can't, there's struggle. Yeah. There's gonna be struggle in your daily life and emotions and in your partners in in just nature. It's on its own, and we just have to trust God and trust the process. Like that, at the end of the day, I think that's that's more important. And and you know, I believe in my heart that if it's in God's plan, you are going to conceive. I'm a really good like yeah. I'm a really good yes. like uh, uh, right? yes. Uh, I was living a very split life. Mm. To certain people, I was confident and strong and empowered and all this stuff. And then to other people, I was very demure and weak and subservient and very weak-minded. I was living a dichotomy. And knowing what I've done through that, having resurfaced through that, pay attention to yourself. Your body is screaming at you. Your mind is screaming at you. Your heart is screaming at you to be your authentic self. I'm a high-strung person. I don't know about you all. And maybe this isn't the best advice for everybody, but for somebody like me, like a little Leah, I would say just enjoy life. Like enjoy the ride. Like you're gonna be okay. And I know that's like counterintuitive because I'm not saying work hard, do you know what I mean? I'm saying enjoy your life and just take a breath because it's gonna pass so fast. You know, I feel like not enough women support each other yes. and people are so concerned about does she look like me does she act like me does she have more money than me and i feel like none of that should matter you are you and you have your own story and you have your own power and you need to put yourself out there and you need to clap for yourself and the more you clap for others the more god's going to bless you yeah. and honestly i feel like staying humble Hustling really hard and being kind is all that should matter. And that, that's going to be my next shirt. <laughs> you, you <laughs> because honestly, I, you know, like I said earlier, the pop-up shops is my second business. It's gotten very competitive. But you know what? I don't even worry about it. I don't worry about it. For one, the sun shines for everybody. Yeah. For two, I, you know, there's obviously a fee behind my, my, my work. You know, I'm working at the end of the day. And my fee is so minuscule compared to my competition. And people will even ask me, it's so crazy, because even my own vendors will ask me, why do you charge so little? 
And I do it because at the end of the day, I want you to succeed. I want you to make money that day. I want your business to grow. I want you to shine. It's not about me. Yes, of course, I'm, I'm gonna make some money because like I said, I'm working, right? But at the end of the day, are you making money? That's what matters to me, you know? And everyone else, you know, my husband, I don't know if you know him, but he told <laughs> me once, he told me once, because in the, in the beginning of Rep Shop, there was a lot of like, you know, even though I'm not an attorney, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know if I'm capable, you know, I've been doing insurance for five years. Now I'm starting something new. I don't know. I don't know what's going to come out of it. Long story short, um, he told me, you know, look at it like a race. Everybody starts the race, but not everybody gets to the finish line. So you don't need to worry about what everyone else is doing. You worry about starting and what it's gonna take for you to get there to where you wanna go, whatever that goal is. And I can honestly say I have, I've only reached the first milestone of Rep Shop. There's still more to come, but I'm waiting because I'm a very patient person and I'm always late everywhere because of that. <laughs> and I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God's timing. And when the time comes, then it will. And if it doesn't, then it wasn't meant to be. And that just means he has something better for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you.